0: This episode of On The Beat is brought to you by Ingalls. Shop online with Ingalls Curbside Pickup. New curbside stores opening every week. Please welcome Mike Griffith. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show tonight. Mike Griffith here. And, uh, man, a lot going on for Georgia football. Behind the scenes, behind the curtain, behind the wall, whatever you want to say. A lot of talk right now. About the Georgia quarterback room and who might be coming and who might be going. And what are these late rumors? You can go on dognation.com and read the reports. Is it possible that Georgia longtime commit Dylan Riola, the five-star from Buford? Could he really be flipping to Nebraska? That's the chatter. That's the talk. That's the speculation. We've seen some recruiting analysts go all in on this and flip their crystal ball. Steve Wilfong has flipped his crystal ball to Nebraska for Dylan Raiola. Remember, Raiola's father played at Nebraska. The Cornhuskers had kind of quietly lurked this whole time. But would Dylan Raiola swap this late? I think the early signing day is December 20th, so there's still time. If you're Kirby Smart right now, what are you juggling, right? you got this early signing class. You're trying to negotiate, I suppose, or find out at least what Carson Beck is going to do. Some talk that Carson may go to the NFL. And if Carson Beck is potentially weighing his options to go to the NFL, who could Georgia be looking at to sign? What veteran quarterback would they bring in? Because they're not just going to promote Gunnar Stockton. That ain't happening. Kirby would sign another quarterback if Beck were to go to the NFL. And again, this is all up in the air. We've seen these reports all day. Jeff Centell with the report this morning on Carson Beck. Of course, I reported earlier in this process Uh, that Beck's seeking more than $4 million. And if you look at the story I posted tonight, comparing Carson Beck's draft stock to Stetson Bennett and to Will Levis, you can see where maybe that $4 million came from. Will Levis, a guy, was the fourth quarterback chosen last year. I believe that's correct. He went number 33 overall in the second round, had about a $4 million signing bonus, guaranteed eight of his. Kind of interesting, Bennett was the seventh quarterback selected in the NFL draft last year in the fourth round by the Rams. Carson Beck currently ranked the seventh quarterback in the NFL draft by Mel Kuyper Jr., uh, if you take a look at that list. So a lot of quarterback talk, a lot of speculation about what might be going on. Uh, Nothing would surprise me. It never does. Flips are common. They happen late. We know Raella was a guy that was in Arizona and transferred schools there. And then he transferred across the country to play at Buford. So, you know, this is a player who is comfortable moving around uh, to different schools and uh, staying in negotiations. If Raella comes, if Raella goes, don't know the extent of it. And not sure when we will find that out, but it is interesting to see that some of the recruiting services out there have Rayola going to Nebraska now instead of Georgia, where he's been committed for a long, long time. Rayola this year, the stats I have on him from Buford, uh, 160 at 253 for 2,666 yards, 63% completion rate uh, for Rayola, 205 yards per game, 34 touchdowns, only one pick per these statistics that I was provided. Now I will say this, it was about what, 10 days ago, I guess I was in Atlanta uh, doing the show with Steak Shapiro right before the sec championship game. And Ryan Puglisi was in there. He was sitting right. He was doing the interviews. He was doing the show. And Stake comes over and says, you know what? This kid ain't worried about Rayla. This kid ain't nervous. This kid's tough. He might be there. I said, Hey, there's no doubt about it. I said, "I mean, when that kid got out, he was big, physical, you see, now that guy is thick, right? That's a guy that looks like he's ready to come in and compete. Fearless. So could it be that Rayola doesn't want the competition, that he wants to go to Nebraska, where he'd be next man up, currently seeing some reports that Kyle McCord, the Ohio State quarterback, may be transferring to Nebraska? Could Nebraska be awakening? Could Matt Rule be pulling all this talent in? I mean, the Cornhuskers didn't have much to write home about this year. It was only year one for Rule. But these would be some big-time impact players for Nebraska football. Once proud program that has not been able to get off the ground. They hired Matt Rule. Of course, Georgia fans remember him. Georgia played against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl and after the 2019 season. Beat Matt Rule in his final game as the Baylor coach before he went on to coach in the NFL. Spends a couple years in the NFL. Back in the college ranks now in Nebraska to see if he can get that program off the ground so that's going to be really interesting to see what happens how this all shakes out uh with the potential recruiting flip is it a, is it would was it just be the worst thing in the world I mean it certainly the Georgia quarterback room right now looks awful thin Brock Vandegrift of course has already transferred to Kentucky he didn't want to sit around and wait to see what Beck was going to do Beck right now on the fence talk to some people in Jacksonville tonight he's not sure what he wants to do he's just not sure and when you take a look at the draft evaluation, uh, anywhere from second to fifth round, I've been told, depending on his workouts and how he interviews. If you're Carson back, do you want to come back for another year at Georgia? Or do you want to go into the NFL? And it's, it's, it's not that simple if you think to yourself, well, of course he'd want to come back at Georgia. He's got unfinished business. He wants to win a championship. Yes, of course. Carson was 12-1 and one this year. I thought he got better uh, most every game. I thought the Vanderbilt game was a setback. Um, some of that on him. Uh, the Georgia Tech game, I didn't put on him. Okay, I thought that was just an abomination across the board. I thought that was a bad game for Georgia. I think that derailed their momentum. Uh, the last time we saw the real Georgia show up was in Knoxville. I think they were spent after that. I think Georgia Tech took a toll alabama finished him off uh but back to beck's decision making what you've got to look at if you're carson beck is do you improve your draft stock carson beck could get better but not improve his draft stock you got to look at the supporting cast i think there's a really good chance that marius Mims goes pro i think there's a really good chance that tate ratledge goes pro i think cedric van pran has already said he's going pro but beyond that you got to look at the receivers. I think Ladd McConkey is probably going pro. I do. And I think Brock Bowers is going pro as well. I'm hearing there's a possibility Dominic Lovett might leave uh, the transfer from Missouri. We'll see. Uh, Marcus Roseme Jack Saint's been in the program a long time. Could come back another year. Team leader kind of guy. Or does he go pro? But if you're talking about Bowers, McConkie, Lovett, and Marcus Rosamy, uh Jack Saint, that, that's your top four receivers. So who might you have back? Well, Ra rah Tom certainly, right? Mississippi State transfer got injured. Dylan Bell is a guy that really needs to come back. He'll be heavily featured. Um, you know, he stands to benefit more than anybody from a lot of this attrition. Oscar Delp is back. Uh, Arian Smith is back. Um, you know, but I look in the portal and I saw uh, McKay Muse in there and, and Jackson Meeks. And, you know, here's my thing for these guys. I, I don't understand this. I kind of understand it with Muse if he wasn't going to get a scholarship. Or for Jackson Meeks, you're a scholarship guy at Georgia, and you aren't getting enough snaps here. I, I just, if you can't get snaps at Georgia with all the attrition, then where are you going to go and get snaps where you might be able to um I don't know, win a championship or prove yourself to the NFL? I, I guess there's a value to practicing and playing at Georgia, but Meeks did a, a podcast. Uh, which Javon Bullard and talked about that and just said it came down to individual goals. He wants to catch more passes. Uh, he only caught one pass this year. Uh, I thought he had some injuries that might have slowed him down, but this was a guy that I thought could be in position to make a move at Georgia. I was a little surprised to see his name in the portal. So a lot of coming and going right now. A lot of speculation uh, over Rella. Does he leave? Does he stick around? Um, is he going to commit to Nebraska? What would he be signing up for there? That's, that's the thing. Do you want to come and be somebody's understudy and compete with Ryan Pugliese at Georgia, or do you want to go into Nebraska where maybe they tell you, hey, you're next man up after one year in McCord? I, I, I could kind of see it either way. Uh, obviously, Raola being this last year in Georgia, spending this last year at Buford, he got up close and personal look at what Georgia football was all about. So he knows what he's going into or what he may be choosing to go out of. Uh, but to me, it's interesting. The, these quarterback flips, this era of free agency, it's so complicated. It's so confusing. It used to be so much easier, and now it's it's just all gray. It's all fluid. And if you're Kirby Smart or a coach on the Georgia staff, you know the phone lines have got to be burning up uh, because what's plan B? I mean, if if Rael flips to Nebraska, does that mean that Kirby's going to go out and get a second quarterback in the signing class? Or does that mean he goes out and gets more than one quarterback in the portal? I I do think you will see a portal quarterback coming in. Regardless, at this stage of the game, the way this portal is working, the number of guys that are opting out is such that Kirby Smart has no choice. And Kirby told us this. He, he told us this at the onset that this was going to be a record number of portal entrants. He talked at the onset about the number of players asking for cash and that this is, this is not, to, not at George necessarily, but just in general, the way this is trending right now, this is the wild, wild west that everyone predicted. This is as crazy as everyone said it might be. Last year, Felt like people were kind of dipping the toe in the water. It didn't really seem like there was uh, you know, this much lust for money and just straight out asking for money. It, it, look, nobody's ashamed to ask for money now. Carson Beck could make minimum $4 million in the NFL next year. I know that Mel Kuyper Jr. has Carson ranked as the number seven quarterback, and I know that Stetson was the number seven quarterback taken in the draft. But I think Carson Beck has more NFL upside than Stetson had. Not because Stetson wasn't talented, because he was obviously incredibly talented. You saw how much Georgia missed his mobility this year, his playmaking. But Beck has more ceiling remaining because he's a young guy. You know, Stetson, when he came out, was what, 24, 25 years old? I think Carson's 21. So he's a much younger player. And Carson's going to get even bigger and stronger. And I saw that growth over the last couple of few years that he got bigger, stronger, more physical. You saw that at Vanderbilt when he threw the pick and just knocked the stuffing out of that guy. That wasn't the same Carson Beck that didn't run after the interception pick six against UAB a couple of years earlier. This guy's grown into a young man. He's going to get even bigger and even stronger. NFL teams know that. So again, if you're back, you got to measure that. You're coming back to throw to who? No more Bowers and no more McConkie. And you saw how Carson struggled against Alabama with those players at less than 100%. Love it, didn't do much. Two catches, 23 yards. That, that was not as advertised of an impact player. Okay. Georgia lost big in the portal last year. I'm going to make a statement, and it may upset some people, but I think this is true. If Georgia had A.D. Mitchell, I think they would have beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. I do. A.D. caught two touchdowns against Alabama earlier this year in Tuscaloosa for Texas. If Georgia came up with the money, if Georgia came up with the way to keep A.D. Mitchell, I think they would have beat Alabama. One player can make a difference. Give Carson one guy. You know, because Brock was having trouble separating, and Ladd was too. And you could see those guys were on fumes. And the problem was, for whatever reason, these freshmen weren't ready. We heard so much about these freshman receivers and Brian McClendon, and he's making almost a million dollars. Is it his fault? I don't know who to put the blame on. All I know is that when it was time for next man up, it was crickets. Where was next man up? Where was the next receiver? Where was the next impact player who was ready to step in? That was what was different about 2023. And to be fair, 2021 and 2022 were miraculous. And I'm going to get into these numbers in the second part of this program just a moment. It's going to blow you away. You're not going to believe it. You're, You're going to want statues built tomorrow when I go over some of these numbers of what this year's team accomplished, what 22 accomplished, and what 2021 accomplished. Because it's amazing. The standards, unbelievable, unprecedented, all right? But when we're talking about unprecedented and amazing, that, that becomes the expectation. Whether that's fair or not, that's what we expect. Well, no, you don't understand. Kirby will have somebody ready. You know, Bobo, you know, Brian McClendon is the receiver's coach. He's he's this and he's that. And, and you know, they're going to have another, you know, this there, there wasn't anybody ready. Where was Dylan Bell? Where was Dylan Bell? I expected Dylan Bell to have this huge game. Didn't see it. I didn't see it. Next man up. Where's next man up? Didn't see it. For whatever reason. So if you're back and you've got to make a decision on your future and you got people telling you right now, hey, man, you could be anywhere from the third. Kuyper has him as the seventh. You could be anywhere from the third to the seventh quarterback taken. You could go as early as late in the first round, or I think Carson would really have to bomb to go in the fourth round. When I say bomb, not have good interviews and not have a good workout. And I don't expect that because I think he is fast. And a couple times he ran, I said, gosh, I wish he would do that more often because he looked very athletic when he turned it on. Some of the throws he made, very impressive. I didn't think he played well against Alabama. I'm just going to tell you. I think Jalen Milrow outplayed him. Jalen Milrow made fourth down plays. Jalen Milrow didn't turn the ball over. Jalen Milrow made good decisions. Um, Carson, not so much. Uh, That wasn't his best game. So I know there's probably a struggle for him, right? Because you want to have tremendous stock and you want to be a sure thing, especially after the guy waited three years to play. I mean, the guy waited three years to play. And he finally got on the field and started to show what he could do. Now you go to the NFL, maybe he goes a backup. Depends. Depends on how high you go. How many people are going to draft Carson back to start? How many opportunities might he get? I, I don't know those answers, and he doesn't either. And that's why this is a tough decision. Of course they want money. Of course they want money. When, when people say, oh, you're crazy, he would Of course he would ask for money. That's his value. That's his value. This is what quarterbacks value for a returning quarterback – who could be picked as early as the late first round or second round four million that's spot on maybe more maybe more in terms of other considerations and it's not like it's coming out of kirby's pocket right there's nil deals they've got nil funds there's all sorts of packages that georgia could put together okay Carson, from what i hear has already got two or three cars it's not like he you know really needs any more material items or anything like that but he wants value if he comes in and, and, and georgia would I'm just like I'm sure they paid Stetson Bennett value to come back. Remember, Stetson was handed that job. They said, no, he's the guy. Munkin told Boosters last January, he's the guy. They don't want no competition, all right? And now that Vandergriff's checked out, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Carson Beck. We're going to have to wait and see what happens uh, with with Dylan Rayola. Does he flip? Um, what that could mean to the Georgia signing class? Could that mean there's more flips in order? Uh, could that mean there's more transfers in order? If Beck doesn't, it, it's 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 chaos. If you're a Georgia fan, it, it's got to be frustrating right now to to look at the roster and say, now, wait a minute. Who's left? Who are these 13 guys in the portal?" And now you're telling us the quarterback is is on the fence, and you're telling us that this quarterback recruit that we've been hearing about all year that we've been following every Friday night at Buford high school may be a late flip to Nebraska. And all of a sudden he's not coming either. Like up is down and down is up. Right. Um, you know, where's the consistency. What can you believe in? All right. I'll tell you what you can believe in. You can believe in Ingalls because every Monday night they bring you this program. And every time you go to the Ingalls store, they come through for you. They're on the spot. Uh, we know we can rely on Ingalls. We have relied on Ingalls. We appreciate Ingalls. And right now, I want to take a moment and recognize our sponsor, Ingalls. well welcome back to the program micro theory you're watching ingles on the beat i want to talk about this bowl game because i've heard a lot of people say that it doesn't matter and i couldn't disagree more in fact i don't understand why georgia fans would do that to themselves and, and i wrote it and i'll say it if you're one of those people then the bandwagon is is thinning out okay this is a program that is ranked among the most consistent in college football georgia has the longest bowl streak in college football and just because we've moved to a playoff i personally somebody that's covered college football 30 years still appreciate the bowls and what they represent and i still appreciate the postseason now nick saban said this was going to happen nick saban said that once we went to a playoff that everybody was just gonna poo on the bowls and hearing people say the orange bowl doesn't matter is a little bit of that and what's disappointing about that for me is that george has got these streaks in order that these these previous teams put together right they won six straight bowls now they got six straight top 10 finishes and i know george well you didn't win a title so it's a bet no no you, you can't <laughs> you can't make it as simple as you're number one or first or last, okay? This isn't Ricky Bobby logic here. There is something to be said for consistency. There is something to be said for being an annual championship contender. There's something to be said for a coaching staff and a program's commitment and ability to prepare for a bowl game. What, what is it? Kirby's won 18 or 19 straight games now when he's had more than one week to prepare. goes all the way back to the loss to Texas. Uh, In the Sugar Bowl after the 2018 season, that's the last time he lost a game when he had more than one week to prepare. So, uh, I told you I was going to talk a little bit about this this three year run that Georgia's on. Do you realize that over the last three seasons, Georgia has gone 41 and two, and is six and one against top five teams, nine and one against top ten teams, and 15 and one against top 25 teams. Now, I want to put that in perspective. Vince Dooley had a four-year run between 1980 and 83 that I think most everyone recognizes as, or previously recognized as the greatest run in Georgia history. In those four seasons, Dooley's dogs were 43-4-1 one with one national title. Kirby, the last three years, 41-2. In those four seasons, between 1980 and 83 with Herschel Walker, They were one and one against top five teams. They only played two top five teams those four years. Only two, one and one. Kirby's teams last three years, six and one. Top 10, Dooley's dogs 80 to 83, three and one. Pretty impressive, right? Kirby's dogs against top 10 last three years, nine and one. Top 25, Dooley 80 to 83, seven and two. Kirby 15 and one. Think about that. I mean, it's almost as if Kirby's doubled Vince Dooley's accomplishments in the last three years. That's amazing. I went even deeper, though. I looked at the longest modern era win streak. Legit. Okay, so here's Toledo from '69 to '71, 35 games, two and zero against the top 25. That's it. They didn't play any top 10 teams or any top five teams. They played two top 25 teams and won 35. So I don't really count that. Miami, 2000 to 2002. I know you guys know what I'm talking about with these hurricanes. They had a 34-game win streak. But in that 34-game win streak, in those three seasons, they only had three top five wins. Georgia's got six. They only had 12 wins over top 25. Georgia's got 16. So while Miami won 34 in a row to Georgia's 29, they weren't beating top five teams at the same rate. Georgia beat twice as many. And the deeper I dug into this, the more I realized that this three-year stretch that Georgia football has had is arguably the greatest three-year stretch in modern era college football history. I think the bowl game matters on another account. There were two other teams that won back-to-back titles in this modern era. 2011 and 12 Alabama was one of them. How did it end? It ended with an 11-2 and season. They lost their streak on a kick six to Auburn, and then they lost to number 11 Oklahoma in a bowl game by two touchdowns. That's how that – the last team that won back-to-back titles, and Kirby was on that staff, how it ended after their back to back titles, an 11 and 2 season in a bowl loss, right? So just by winning the bowl game, Georgia would separate itself from that Alabama team, is, is the best back to back. Then I looked at 94 and 95, Nebraska, back to back undefeated seasons, 12 and 0, 13 and 0. How did it end in 96? With an 11 and 2 season, they lost to Arizona State and Jake Plummer second game of the season 19-0 and they lost in the Big 12 title game to Texas by 10. So to me, if you're comparing this Georgia 3-year run and this Georgia back-to-back to the to the competition which was a back-to-back Alabama 11 and 12 and a back-to-back Nebraska 94 and 95, Georgia has the best 3-year run in modern area history. And the fact that people aren't talking about that or celebrating that it, it boggles my mind it already boggles my mind and you've heard me on this program before say where's the herschel walker statue right okay for whatever reason that ship sailed and they didn't build it yet at some point they're going to build that but how do you not have a jordan davis and brock Bowers statue right now how, how are those plans not in the works Jordan Davis was the key to the first national title. When Jordan Davis decided to come back for senior year, that was kind of unprecedented. Alabama had been doing it. They had, what, five or six seniors on that 2020 team? But that was really the beginning of Georgia retaining players for championship runs. And Jordan Davis was was the key. He was the the cornerstone to that. Everybody followed uh, Jordan Davis. And then Brock Bowers was the offensive MVP the last three years. I mean, you saw that. You saw the difference with Brock Bowers without Brock Bowers. I mean, he was amazing. Um, I, I I gave him my third-place Heisman vote. So I'm a little surprised by a couple of things. I'm surprised that Georgia fans aren't celebrating the three-year run as much. And maybe it's too soon. Maybe everybody's still mad about the game. And then just the other thing, this the, the lack of commitment to – because nobody else is going to celebrate this. Nobody on ESPN is talking about this. Nobody on Sports Center. Nobody on the bowl shows. Nobody's going to celebrate Georgia this postseason. They're not going to do it. If Georgia people don't do it themselves, if the University of Georgia doesn't do it themselves, nobody else is going to do it. And, and I don't want to see Georgia lose that piece of history because I've covered college football a long time, 30 years, and never seen anything like this. It's been a remarkable run. And it's not over. There's this Florida State game. I think this game matters. It's another opportunity to be the top five team. When's going to be the next time that a team is going to beat seven top five teams in three years? Who would ever equal that? I I don't think it would happen. Certainly not with, you know, the kind of undefeated records uh, that Georgia had in the 29-game win streak. Pretty amazing. Now, we're going to take our final break. Coming up next... It's going to be who's hot and who's cold it's brought to you by anytime heating cooling and plumbing this is on the beat with mike griffith on dog nation Anytime Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Our family has been making sure Georgia fans and their families are comfortable for over 20 years. Let us do the same for yours. Anytime. Service repairs and replacement with trained systems. Our trained comfort specialists are carefully selected to visit your home and offer you a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Anytime offers an annual three-visit comfort plan starting at just $155. Visit AnytimeHVAC.com for details. Anytime. Large enough to take care of your heating cooling and plumbing but small enough to care (laughs) welcome back to the program i figured we probably ought to go right to our hot list and the reason i want to go right to the hot list is because i think georgia and kirby smart have to be looking at a portal quarterback right now i think they have to i I i think it's inevitable we you have been watching the show You probably saw we talked at the beginning about the news, the the potential news. Suddenly, Dominic Reola, uh, committed, longtime committed quarterback, now rumored to be flipping in the process of flipping in Nebraska, one of the 24-7 analysts, Steve Wiltfong, now changing his crystal ball. Um, Our sources at Dog Nation telling us there is smoke behind this. Um, You can see we've got a story up. Connor Riley has a story up on that right now. Story up on Carson Beck. Uh, what will he do? What is his stock? What what does he have in common with Stetson Bennett? What is Stetson signed for? What would Carson be looking at? All of a sudden, that four million dollar number makes a whole lot of sense. Does uh, Carson come back? Um, you look at who else may be coming back from the dogs, and they're all hot. Okay, they're all hot right now. Um, I, I'm looking at some of these comments. I I, I got to tell you, this this is not a Mike Bobo thing. This is is crazy that that people would. Uh, throw that out there. It's almost like all those people that tried to say before the season that Mike Bobo was a bad hire and then Mike Bobo shut everybody up and Carson Beck had great numbers and Georgia went undefeated and everybody got quiet. Now they go, oh, it's Mike Bobo. No, it's not. It's not Mike Bobo. It's not a Mike Bobo thing. It's a portal thing. It's a college football thing. Take a look around the landscape at all the quarterbacks in the portal. There's a lot of good quarterback coaches, a lot of good coaches out there that are losing players right now maybe they watch the heisman trophy ceremony they sat back and they said hey you know that guy that won it, Jaden daniels didn't he start his career at arizona state and that guy that was second michael Penix? didn't he start his career at indiana oh yeah there's bo nix didn't he start his career at auburn this is kind of becoming the norm for these quarterbacks that are winning heisman trophies so i got to thinking on the hot list where could Kirby Smart turn for a quarterback if Carson Beck goes pro, if he decides not to come back? Well, the top rated quarterback in the portal was Dylan Gabriel. He was the Oklahoma quarterback, and Dan Lanning at Oregon's already snagged him. That's a done deal. You know who the second one is? It's Riley Leonard from Duke. And there's a chance Georgia could get this guy. There's a chance that Riley Leonard is already interested in Georgia. Right now, he's got an offer. He went, he went and looked at, at Notre Dame. I haven't committed there yet, though. I wonder if he's waiting to see if Beck leaves, and if Beck leaves, if maybe Riley Leonard's here. I was told maybe Georgia had some interest in him last year. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's speculative, but this is a really good quarterback. I mean, did some really good things. Who else is out there? Will Howard. uh, He's the Kansas State quarterback. A lot of people say Miami, USC maybe. Cam Ward, Washington State quarterback. People, again, looking at Miami. We talked about Common Court earlier. Appears to be headed to Nebraska. Uh, DJU, uh, Oregon State. Maybe back to Florida State. Back to the ACC. Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, I see this comment that Bobo looks elite versus – I didn't realize Mike Bobo was on the field playing. Did I miss that? See, I thought Carson Beck threw that pass that was too short for Arian Smith. And and if it was on target, pretty sure Arian was going to score. I don't think that was a Mike Bobo-ish. I don't think Mike Bobo fumbled in the backfield, folks. I don't think Mike Bobo got manhandled at the line of scrimmage. I don't think Mike Bobo had an injured high ankle sprain or or tightrope surgery. The comments are just, you know, don't embarrass yourself. Just you got to understand it's not a coordinator deal. It's an execution deal. It's a player deal, and I thought Georgia did play some good competition. Uh, I thought Missouri was a really good football team, and as I recall, Georgia scored two third-quarter touchdowns after halftime adjustments against Missouri, right? I'm pretty sure I saw that. And then against Tennessee, I saw them put 38 on the board, on the road, at Tennessee. I I thought that was pretty good play calling and pretty good execution. You don't just blame – a coordinator that that's low hanging fruit. That's, that's almost like, well, I didn't do my homework. So Bobo, it, it's just, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't make sense. It's not like a, a coach is going to forget how to do his job. There's some underlying realities to what happened and in their injuries and they're a team that had to play three top 25 teams in a row. Georgia expired. It's as simple as that. Alabama caught a second wind and Georgia expired. Okay, They got beat at the line of scrimmage. I don't care if Bill Walsh was calling plays. If you can't pick up two yards on a Dejon Edwards third and two, you got problems. Ain't the play call. Tresman Marshall, your former linebacker, linebacker tackles Dejon short of a first down. Saban, conversely, goes for two fourth downs, converts. Is Mike Bobo the defensive coordinator now? Because twice Georgia gave up fourth down conversions. So – I wanted to address it because I, I see the, the comments and and I understand the frustrations, but don't aim them in the wrong place. Sometimes you just got to say, look, nobody had won 29 straight games since that 2000 to 2002 Miami team. Okay, It had been 20 years, 20 years, right? Um, 20 years. It had been 20 years. And we're in an era now. Because 20 years ago, you couldn't get beat by your former players like this. Jermaine Burton would still be wearing Georgia colors, right? A.D. Mitchell would still be on your roster. Tresman Marshall would still be on your roster. These guys that are lining up against you would not be lining up against you. The fact that Georgia won 29 games in a row in an era where players could transfer and had 34 guys drafted in the last three drafts and lost 11 FBS starters and, excuse me, 18 starters – and twenty four on two deeps, and they were still winning these games, guys. This that's great coaching. Don't don't rob your program of their achievements with the cheap shots. It doesn't make sense. You're, you're tearing down your own program when you when you start throwing these missiles and, and calling out these names. Yeah, the, the the play call at the eleven yard line, the execution was bad. I, I don't like the play call there. But Georgia had a hard time getting anything going, okay? The problem was, again, the execution. So I'm just saying I don't think it was coaching as much as I think it was a level of execution. I think it was an exhausted football team. So covered that ground in my hot – so I'm going to say cold cold part as the takes that it was Mike Bobo. That's the cold part of the take. The hot take is the transfers that are available at quarterback – namely Riley Leonard, leads the hot list. So if Beck goes pro, my prediction would be Riley Leonard comes to Georgia. It's crazy. You're like, wait a minute. I tuned in, and I thought I was going to hear about next year. And now you're telling me Rayola may be flipping in Nebraska, and now you're telling me that, that Riley Leonard might be the next starting quarterback at Georgia if Beck – but maybe Beck stays. Maybe Beck decides he wants to spend another year with Mike Bobo, right, Mike Bobo, who coached up the winningest Georgia quarterback in history in David Green, and Mike Bobo, who coached up the SEC's all-time passing leader in Aaron Murray, and Mike Bobo, who coached up the richest number one pick in Matthew Stafford, and Mike Bobo, who oversaw the highest-scoring offense in Georgia history in 2014. Mike Bobo, that guy, the guy that went 12-0 this year, Right not bad even though he lost brock bowers for two whole games missed his starting his best wide receiver the first four and missed his starting tailback the first two and lost kendall milton that guy and and lost his first round right tackle for in the first quarter of the championship game right i mean it's it's just amazing i understand the frustrations and the angers and you want to place it somewhere but i'm telling you calling out coaches is, the, is not the right answer. If you watch that game, Alabama's players were better, and they played better that Saturday. Okay, That's what happened. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you get out-executed and beat, and Alabama played better, and Jalen Milrow played better than Carson Beck. He made clutch plays, and Carson didn't. Carson wasn't horrible. Carson didn't lose the game. He just didn't win it. Milrow won it. And you got to give Alabama credit. I don't know what's going to happen in the Rose Bowl. I, I have no idea. It's going to be a fantastic game. Um, a lot of people betting on Alabama it makes me wonder what do those guys in Vegas know? Uh, Michigan has been preparing to play Georgia again. They really, really wanted Georgia. They're not going to get them. They're going to get Alabama instead. Comparable team. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Texas and Washington, that's going to be a fantastic game. Really, again, don't know what's going to happen there. I really like Michael Penix. I like his story. He was my first-place vote-getter. He led his team to an undefeated record in the college football playoff. And If you saw the game against Oregon and Dan Lanning, you know how much heat Dan put on that guy. You saw the throws Penix had to make under pressure. Pennix has got my vote. I like Jaden Daniels. He's talented, okay? He's fun to watch, but he lost three football games. That's not my Heisman winner, right? And Brock Bowers is my three. He only missed two games. That's not enough for me to disqualify a guy that I thought was the best player in college football. Had he not been injured, he might have got my number one. The way he impacts games, and, and he wasn't able to do that against Alabama because he was hurt. So it was unfortunate. Uh, I, I know there's going to be a lot of frustration In this postseason for Georgia fans, I can hear it, I can feel it, I can see it tonight, especially with the uncertainty, with the news that Dylan Raiola, there's talk about a flip, especially the news that Carson Beck on the fence hasn't decided yet. What happens if he leaves? You've already lost Brock Vandegrift to Kentucky, so what's plan B? Gunnar Stockton won't be the guy. Probably be Riley Leonard out of the portal. If not Riley Leonard, then who? I don't know. But Kirby Smart is all over, I guarantee you your head coach, and that staff is all over this. It's fluid. It's hard. uh, It's unfortunate. That's why we have a portal tracker on our dognation.com website. You can keep up with it. You can see who's in. You can see where they've ended up. You can see the stories tonight, what Mel Kuyper Jr. said about Carson Beck, how much money he could make going to the NFL, how that compares to Stetson Bennett, the the speculation on Dylan Raiola. It's all on dognation.com. I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. Don't forget tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Brandon Adams is going to be on this channel, and he's going to talk about all of this. Maybe there will be more knowledge. Maybe we will know more by then. But right now, it's like storm coverage. It's all happening now. The eye of the storm is headed this way, not to make light of any tragedies, but this is a time when there is a lot of things blowing in the wind in Georgia, around the University of Georgia football program. What will happen? Right. It's going to be interesting. And my message tonight, though, and I hope it doesn't get lost in the shuffle of all this quarterback talk and potential blame for blame game talk is what George has done the last three years. I hope that people don't let that go. I hope that Georgia fans don't let that get stolen from them or robbed from them in their frustration, and their anger that they weren't able to beat Alabama. I hope you don't lose track of what has been accomplished this last three years because it's unprecedented. The number of wins over top five teams, the record versus the top 25, the 29-game win streak. This Florida State game, an opportunity to win one more game, it would make the senior class the winningest in history. It would extend the bowl streak to seven straight wins. It would extend the top 10 streak to seven straight years. I mean, this is the stuff on the recruiting trail. When people ask how your program's doing, you say you're the most consistent championship contender in the country. And oh, by the way, you also produce the most amount of NFL talent with 34 players drafted over the last three years and a lot more coming, a lot more headed to the senior bowl, a lot more headed to the NFL combine, a lot more going in the NFL draft. For now, I want to thank everyone again. I want to thank my producer, Michael Carvell. Remember, 10 a.m. Brandon Adams this Wednesday night. Jeff Centel, you know he's going to have a lot for you before the hedges. And of course, every Sunday night it's counter and coverage. Have a great week, everybody.